into the contest. It is Wednesday, the 8th of June. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host, Shane Lee. And Shane, this is a really fascinating story about a banana (laughs) (laughs) on the streets of Melbourne being bought by a English comedian. Now, when I say a banana, I'm talking about a statue of this uh, banana. It's quite... Off its head, really. Well, yeah. So it looks like the uh, the people of Yarra don't like this banana that's, that was put up. It's it's um, it's a funny looking banana too. It's it's half peeled. It's got an f- ugly face on it. So I'm not quite sure what the significance of it was. Maybe to slow traffic down. We we don't know. But yeah, John Oliver just said he's going to buy it. Um, personally, I would send it straight to Christchurch Barbados and just erect it as the Jolgana statue. A bit not yeah. good nod to him, wouldn't it? What do you reckon? Yeah, whether or not we can get away with putting that in the podcast or not, we'll have to let the producers make a decision on that. But the uh, John Oliver, yeah, of course, very famous uh, English comedian, now lives in New York. He's, he's won three Emmy Awards. But, uh, yeah, um, he wants the banana. I don't think it's going to happen somehow. All right, we've got a huge show on the way. The Socceroos win their way to one game away from the World Cup finals. We'll talk about that. Also, Aaron Finch, he's backing Steve Smith to just get out there and have a crack. And a couple of coaches just brutally sacked. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. So, Shane, uh, a good win over the UAE by the Socceroos. Uh, it looked look hairy there for a while when, when UAE comes straight back into it. We, we got the 2-1 win. So, Graham Arnold's team now uh, is one win away from the World Cup finals, but it's not just one win. It's against a very powerful South American side. One thing in their favour is that they're going to be playing in Doha again. Yeah, well, we talked about yesterday just on this show that uh, we need to see some Australian spirit and, and we got there. 2-1 was a really good win. Uh, we mm. live to fight another day, Tim, but as you mentioned, we're, we're playing Peru, who are something like number 22 in the world, and we're 40-odd. So it's going to be a big, big effort to to get past the Peruvians. But um, look, you never know. We're, we're in with a shot now. Yeah, it'll be some sort of win if we can manage to beat uh, Peru. I, I think it helps enormously that we're playing it on neutral ground because having to travel mm. to South America, we've seen it before, it's awfully difficult. So uh, anyway, well done to Graham Arnold and his men. A 2-1 win over the UAE to keep their hopes alive. And uh, this is a really interesting one. New Zealand to host the Socceroos at Eden Park as part of the 100th anniversary celebrations. That'll be nice. Yeah, the uh, the all-whites, they're called, the, the New Zealand soccer team, and taking on the Aussies, as, as you said, at Eden Park. Uh, 100 years um since the first match between these two countries. So it's uh, it's a big occasion. Uh, wouldn't it be lovely to go over there knowing that we're in the World Cup as well? So it'll be a very different atmosphere um, if we're not in the World Cup. But um, 
as we just said then, Tim, if we beat Peru, we, we will be. But if we lose to Peru, we'll need things to do. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Now, um, yeah. Steve Smith, uh, unbridled, he's, he's, he's going to be giving some instructions from the Australian team basically to go out there in the T20 and do his thing, you know, just explode if you wish. Yep. And look, it's bigger me to back against Steve Smith, but I just can't see this working. The, the, the thing that makes Steve Smith so good when he bats is that he's just totally focused on the ball. And he can play. That's why he plays so well in Test cricket. He doesn't have to think about things. Whenever he's got to preempt anything, it sort of gets in the way of his natural abilities. Um, he had this fixer role, which it's going to take away from him. So, if he wants to go and hit the first ball for six, now he will. I just think that's just not in his makeup. Um, and you've got Finch, who's been in and out of form, and you've got a, a superstar in Josh Inglis, who's sitting on the sideline in this first game. And I just think Josh Inglis needs to come into this Aussie team quick, smart, either take Finch's spot or Smith's spot, depending on uh, who doesn't perform. But the T20, mate, it's a young man's game. And uh, having Steve Smith, who hasn't scored a 50 since 2019 in T20 cricket, not good enough. Now, Greg Norman, he slammed Jack Nicholas as a hypocrite. This is, this is remarkable when you look at the history of these two golfers. Jack Nicholas, arguably the greatest of all time, the Golden Bear, and the Great White Shark, Australia's greatest golfer, who should have probably won a lot more majors than he did. And of course, than he did. Greg Norman has got this Saudi Rebel League going, and it's it's been controversial to say the least. And for him to come out and say Jack uh, Jack Nicholas is a hypocrite is huge because he was a real mentor and father figure to him. Yeah, we use those exact terms, Tim. He was a father figure to me, and now it appears that money's got in the way as it normally does. Um, and he's, yeah, he's called him out saying he's a hypocrite. Um, he actually quoted him saying, and I quote Greg Norman here saying uh, that Nicholas said, it's good for the game, it's good for the game of golf, and it's good for me. And then he's been found out and being sued by his own company, uh, Jack Nicholas that is, um, for trying to negotiate this deal behind his company's back and try and take revenue himself. So he's being sued there. So I sort of can agree with what Greg Norman's saying, but it's just... If you had a guy your whole life has been your father figure and your mentor to turn on him publicly, it's just not cool, I don't think. It's really uh, it's really mixed up the game of golf, hasn't it? It's put yeah, a, a crater-like yeah. uh, divide. Dustin Johnson resigning from the PGA Tour. Well, you can't blame Dustin Johnson. Uh, he has uh, earned in the vicinity, he's 37 years of age now, he's earned $74 million in prize money to date. And he gets a sign-on fee of $150 million to do this. So you can't blame him for signing on $150 million, no matter whether he places or not. And if he wins, he's going to earn probably mm, double that. You wouldn't worry about your mortgage, would you, if you're that kind of course? Well, no. And look, and, and, and in his defence, he said, I don't want to play golf for the rest of my life. And this gives me the ability to make choices and set up and um, and good on him. It's, uh, we, we bang on about this all the time after in sport, that sporting careers are very short. Golf, you're a bit lucky you can play longer. But if someone's prepared to write a cheque for you that big, double your, your earnings over your whole career just by signing on, you, you can't blame him for doing that. No, no, I know. It's, it's yep. a different stratosphere, though, the money, isn't it? Like, yep. even having $178 million, you could earn, you know, one twentieth of that yep. and sit on a boat somewhere. It's, uh, yeah, it's extraordinary <laughs> coin. Uh, stay with us because we'll be talking NRL, AFL and much, much more. What about the AFL? This fight at this restaurant um, with a couple of Melbourne players, Stephen May's been suspended um, for a week. Look, it sounds pretty ordinary, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, this is a full-on punch-up. It was at uh, Entrecot uh, in Melbourne, and they have smashed the reception desk at uh, this fight. It was between Stephen May and teammate Jake Melksham, and uh, they're obviously drinking. And Stephen May, he's on uh, concussion protocols as well at the moment. He's been out yeah. because of the hit in the head, and maybe the head, head knock has had, had an effect on him because he basically said to Melksham that if he'd played in the grand final last year, they would have lost the grand final. Well, Melksham actually floored May... Uh, due to that uh, comment, and uh, yeah, but um, it's been a really weak uh, apology too from the the Melbourne D's to say, "No, boys will be boys," and the restaurant saying, "You haven't even uh, given us an apology for scaring our staff and destroying our front desk." Yeah, pretty stupid, um, ugly, and uh, look, yep. they're both full of regret. Um, but you know, mm. and I, I, don't, I don't think the restaurant's all that happy about it. Now, Dockers banned that young forward uh, for a drinking indiscretion. Now, this was for drinking. Uh, between a six-day break between games. And in the old days, particularly in cricket, you probably would have been fined if you didn't have a drink. Well, you'd be you'd drinking during the game. <laughs> in the old days in cricket, it was very different, very different times, Tim. But, um, yeah, it's Fremantle forward Michael Fredericks. And, look, he's had a, a two cracking games. They, they beat Melbourne um, only two games ago. He's kicked six goals in the last two games. But due to, as you said, due to the short turnaround, um, they put a drinking ban on the team and he broke those. So he's been suspended by the club for one week. And Brendan Favola, good on him. Um, look, we all know how hard yeah. it is, particularly as you get older, to lose some pudding. He, of course, superstar football player, put on a bit of weight. He's had a, an incredible um, weight loss uh, before this fight. He has, mate, 12 kilos uh, in only three months, and uh, so stripped right down. He said he hasn't done any training at all for 13 years since he retired. And there was an article there was an article of, uh, last year, I think, he added up how much he'd spent on Uber Eats. It was about 150 grand's worth, so <laughs> maybe he just uh, turned his account off. But he goes into training to fight other AFL footballers uh, in the coming month. Uh, I think it's Dane Swan from Collingwood, Adam Cooney, the former Brownlow medalist, um, and Cam Mooney are all uh, gloving up to uh, to put on a fight and, and see how they go. It's good for their fitness, that's for sure. Mate versus mate, state versus state tonight. It's all on at yes. uh, Olympic Park, um, 80,000 people. Does New South Wales get the chocolates? I think we will. I think it'll be uh, a little bit closer. I, I want to see some pressure put on Ponga. Um, there's a, an article going around today saying that uh, Ponga's um, preparation has been very, very different to what it normally is. Normally there's a lot of talk about him. There's been very little talk. Well, I reckon there's a lot of talk goes on in Ponga's head by himself. So I'd be putting a lot of pressure on him at fullback, some early kicks. It's going to be slippery and cold out there. And um, I'd like to see him make a few mistakes early and uh, put the pressure on them. But I think Crichton will also start um, in the number four position, mate. I think Whiten will go to the bench. Yeah, it's going to be tight. It's going to be very, very mm. tight. Origin tonight, absolutely love it. Now, a couple of coaches, uh, Shad's going to love this on uh, Friday. Uh, yes. Nathan Brown gone, uh, tough for everyone, they're saying, but uh, gone immediately from the Warriors. And Michael Maguire out the door at the Tigers. I spoke to Nathan Brown yesterday, and I've never, I've never heard a happier guy being sacked. Um, he's contracted at the end of 2023, so they've, they've paid him out. Look, he's done a good job over there um, by setting up the club, and I think that's what Nathan Brown does best. He can set him up and get the structure in place for someone else to come in and take over. Uh, but he seems very happy. He didn't want to move over there full-time, so he moves back to Sydney now to be with his family. Uh, and we predicted this as well, mate, that Maguire is out, and it looks like uh, Komali will take over as interim coach. And I think he'll be a fantastic coach, Brett Kamali. I think he's a super bloke, super intelligent footballer, um, a great strategist. And I think he could be a, a real good signing for that club 
uh, long term. Yeah, and he keeps a cool head. He's Clive Churchill yeah. medalist, uh, Noddy. Yep. So, um, yeah, look, a challenge though because you sort of need the players there. But uh, yeah. both walk away with a, a mitt full of a coin as well, which will keep them smiling. Mm. Um, now, to, to wrap it up today, um, wired for sound. Every time I hear about roller skating or I, I think of that Cliff Richard song and you've got a, a yarn that takes us all the way back to Oak Flats and a bit of roller skating. Yeah, I was having a laugh with my brother Brett um, on the weekend and we're just re- remembering down at Industrial Road, Oak Flats, we used to, used to be a roller skating rink. I used to do rock and roll roller skating and and Brett was really got into it with his mates. He had about five mates and they'd go over there on a Saturday night they were about 15 years of age at this stage, and uh, it, was a, it was a place to go and meet girls back then, Tim. Anyway, my younger brother, Grant, and I decided to go over and check out what all this sort of commotion was about. And as we went over, we saw this sort of peloton of five guys at breakneck speed going around, a peloton of like passion and pimples, <laughs> Brett and his mates. Mm. Brett had bright white hair and these bright white um, roller skates with flames down the side of them <laughs> as they were going around breaking records. And I said to Grant, does Brett do – Brett Tommy's over here talking to girls and meeting girls. And Grant goes, mate, last week he st- they skated the same way for three hours straight, didn't even go for a piss in the toilet. <laughs> They're not talking to any girls at all. Anyway, but uh, it made me laugh that only eight years later, Brett had traded in his white skates for – these white cricket shoes, and it was making his test taboo um, against India at the MCG in front of 85,000 and uh, taking five for 33's best test figures. And then he was getting a lot more attention from the female kind, and uh, people thought it was due to being on TV or playing for the Australian cricket team. I reckon it was just due to the fact that he took off those wheels so the girls could actually finally catch up to him. <laughs> Maybe, or they were reading reports of how good he was all those years ago on the roller skates. Hey, Brent, will you come skating with me? Yeah, it was very funny to watch, mate. It was like a swarm of bees going around the Oak Flats <laughs> roller skating rig, mate. Good times, good times, too. That's it for Afternoon Sports Today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, our fantastic sponsor, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building. Resilience. Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience podcast on your favorite podcast app.